trying to help you work off all that turkey weight. Amen. I understand. All right. Well, this morning we've got a great day here. Uh, we're excited just to worship the Lord. Uh, at the end of the service, we're just going to take a couple minutes. We've got some folks who are wanting to join the church today. Amen. Amen. Uh, okay. Hey, let me say that one more time. We got some folks today who want to join the church. That's praise the Lord. I'm not sure if you know this. It's been over just a hair over two years since anybody wanted to join the church. So this is a privilege to add to it. So praise God for it. So we're going to have a little little time afterwards. So um, please make sure you, you got just a few minutes to linger. We want to go over a couple things. We want to welcome them. And we've, of course, got to make you raise your hands again and all that good stuff, all right? And y'all make them feel welcome. So praise God for it. A um, couple of announcements. First of all, um, today we got morning service. That's where you're at right now. In case you're looking at your bulletin, help you out with the time. That's 1030. Well, 1034. <clears throat> Tonight, uh, in, in lieu of Bible study, here's what we're going to do. Now, now don't y'all go thinking we, you can just get out of it here now, all right? Um, we are going to be doing Christmas decorate. How many of you guys love the way it looks in here for Christmas? If you do, then come help make it look that way. All right? Amen? Uh, it li- many hands make light work. So what we'll be doing tonight is we'll be heading up the attic, grabbing stuff down. We've got wreaths that go there, 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 garland, a giant wreath that goes out front, and we got some fluffing to do. And between Miss Shirley and whoever else wants to be the chief and tell us how to fluff it and put it there, that's what we're going to do, all right? So if you can do that, I guarantee you we'll be out of here in an hour. That sounds good. Hey, if I preach, you'd be here longer. So uh, <laughs> so it just come out tonight. Help out if you can. I know it will be a blessing, and it will help out a lot tremendously. Uh, then as well today, uh, there's two things that are due. The balance of the funds due today for the seniors' ministry art trip and as well for the men's prayer advance. All right, if you got any questions for the men's prayer advance, see me. If you got any questions about the ark, see Danny or Brenda, all right? Um, then as well, as you guys can tell, we're building the wall of Jericho over here. And uh, it's going to get broke down sometime. But nevertheless, um, these shoe boxes, I want to say thank you first of all for them, but today is the deadline for them. So that means if you didn't bring them this morning, you can come back tonight, help us out with Christmas decorations and bring your shoe box, all right? So you can kill two birds with one stone. But these are going with our missionary, Brother A.J. James, and he'll be taking them to Kentucky and I want to thank each one of you that have given. I know it's not an easy time to give extra or to do extra, but I promise you there is a great blessing in giving. And uh, I can tell you this, it will help uh, some folks who are in need, some children who are in need as well. Saturday, December 3rd, that's next Saturday at 11 a.m., the Ladies' Ministry Christmas Brunch and Gift Exchange. Join them at Draper Mercantile for a Christmas brunch, $5 gift exchange, sign-up sheet, and menu are on the back table. Any questions, please see Llewellyn. Sounds good. Y'all get all that? She said, sign up, come eat, drive yourself, or ride with somebody else. There you go. All right. And then Sunday, December 18th, I've had a lot of questions about this. Are we having a Christmas lunch? We sure are. So mark your calendar, December 18th. We're going to have a Christmas dinner that day. So there'll be no Sunday school and no evening service. What we're going to do is show up. We're going to worship the Lord, and we're going to fill up our bellies. So fill up a heart, fill up a belly. We'll be just fine. But uh, that day, we're going to have turkey and ham and rolls provided by the church. And if you want anything else besides turkey, rolls, and ham, then bring it and share it. So bring some sides, bring some desserts, and uh, be ready to have some good fellowship, all right? Then as well, I want to make mention of this as well. It's not in your bulletin today, but uh, November 27th uh, from 11 to 3, that's today, by the way, there's an um, a auction going on for a benefit for, at Skyview Missionary Baptist Church for Donnie Easter. He's been going through cancer treatments and, and uh, uh, just a tough time lately. If you want to give something or if you want to give some money, you can go there between 11 and 3, but you're not going to make it at 11 because I ain't going to be done by 11, but you can make it by 3. I can promise you that. Uh, But they can take any donations, and and they would certainly go a long way to help that brother out who's going through some tough times. But this morning, let's pray, and let's uh, go to the Lord. Let's ask for His blessing, for His help, for His strength, and we're going to stand to our feet, and we're going to worship God today. Lord, we come to you. We just want to thank you for the fact that we can gather. We can worship you. Lord, we can do so freely today. Lord, we've got the benefit of having a roof. We've got pews. We've got heat. Lord, we've got clothes on our back. Lord, while we might have needs and while we might have things that we want in this life, we thank you, God, that we can come to you with every need, every concern. And Lord, that we can cast all our care upon you because you care for us. Lord, what a thought it is to think that you, the God of the universe, would care for us, Lord. 
Uh, Lord, we're sinful, we're, in, we're, in, we're needy, we're in desperate need of Your presence and Your help today. And God, we pray that today, if there's someone who is lost and undone, that they would be born again, that You would draw them to Christ, that their eyes and their ears would be open and their hearts would receive and believe. Lord, if there is, is someone today who's grown cold or, or, or weary uh, in their faith, Lord, I pray that You would give them uh, the heat once more, that You would give them strength once more, that they would look to You, God, that we would uh, come to You during this time, this holiday season, while things are difficult, things are tight. Lord, nevertheless, we know that You are a God who provides, who cares for Your people. We pray that today that as we meet, Lord, as we stand to our feet and we sing, God, that we would do so uh, to, to worship You in spirit and truth. Lord, that we would lift up our hearts as a sacrifice of praise, and God, that we would adore you not just for the things that you've given to us daily, not just for your many benefits, but simply, God, because of uh, who you are and your worth. Uh, Lord, I pray that we would worship you today, and that as we do so, Lord, that you would unite us together as the body of Christ, and Lord, that today that your word would go forth and accomplish great things, that you would soften our hearts, draw us to you, and Lord, that you would do uh, wonderful things. We thank you for building your church as well, Lord, that we get to add members today. Lord, what a blessing it is, and God, may we be ever mindful. Uh, that you care for us, that you love us, and that you desire for us to come to you. And you've made a way for us to come to you. And it's through the precious blood of Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Good morning. If you're able to stand, please stand. We will begin our worship here by singing hymn number 786. 786. Count your blessings. we got a lot to be thankful for. And if we took time to count, it'd take us a while. Amen. Ephesians 1.3 reminds us, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. In Jesus Christ. Count your blessings. Upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed When you are discouraged thinking all is lost Count your many blessings, name them one by one And it will surprise you what the Lord hath done Count your blessings, name them one by one songs hymn number 170 hymn number 170 give thanks more about thanks psalm 126.3 tells us the lord hath done great things for us whereof 
we are glad. We have a lot to be glad for because our Lord has done a lot of great things. Most of all, he's died for us on the cross of Calvary. Shed his pure, perfect, innocent, sinless blood for us. We need to give thanks. He is worthy. Give thanks. Give thanks to our Lord. Praise the Lord. He deserves it. Amen. Hymn number 174. Hymn number 174. Psalm 63.4 tells us, Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. And the title of this song is, I will bless thee, O Lord. And we get to that part where about lifting your hands. It's okay. It's all right. Don't worry about it. Let's lift your hands to the Lord. Amen. <laughs> If you feel free and blessed to do that, go right ahead. Give honor and glory to God. I will bless thee, O Lord. I will bless thee, O Lord. I will bless thee, O Lord. With the heart of thanksgiving. bless thee, O Lord, with my hands lifted up, and my mouth filled with praise, with the heart of thanksgiving, I will bless thee, O going to do that again if Joanna go along with it, okay? I will bless thee, O Lord. I will bless thee, O Lord. With the heart of thanksgiving, I will bless thee, O Praise the Lord. Now, before we sit down, we're going to have a little handshake if you choose. We're going to say hello. We're going to make everybody feel welcome. You can move around from your seat if you desire. 
and uh, fellowship a little bit and say hello to everyone. If you see a visitor, make sure you shake their hand. Well, praise the Lord. That's a beautiful sight, seeing everybody fellowship. Blesses my heart. If y'all can make your way back to your seat now, give you final handshakes, give you final handshakes and hellos and feel a goodbye. And we'll have our special now, our pastor's wife, Miss, well, I declare, Miss Cam. <laughs> Miss Cammy Brown, senior mama, terrible. Miss Cammy. <laughs> I would have answered. That's okay. <laughs>
you so much, Mr. Cammy. And that reminds all of us, God's been good. He's been good to all of us. And I see, see some out there is really getting a blessing out of it. I can see a little tissue going up in this area right here. So praise the Lord for that. Amen. Will you bow with me? And let's pray to the Most High God. Our precious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your love, your generosity, your compassion, your mercy. Lord, we're just so thankful. Lord, Lord, for your mercy and your grace and all the things you do for us, Lord, from time to time. Lord, from delivering us from evil every day, we praise you and thank you for that. Thank you most of all for dying for us on the cross of Calvary, shedding your blood, giving your perfect, sinless life and blood for a sinful world. Lord, we, we're guilty of sin, Lord, but by your mercy and your love and your grace, you forgive us by believing on you. And Lord, we... We thank you for the opportunity to come to your house here, Lord, called Victor Way Baptist Church. But, Lord, this is your house. And we thank you for the opportunity to come. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for the freedom we have in this country to be able to assemble together. And, Lord, thank you, Lord, we're able to sing praises unto you. And we pray, Lord, that it's brought honor and glory and, and was pleasing unto you, Father. We, uh, Lord, ask now you bless our pastor and help him to preach the message you've given him for your church, for your people here today. Just bless and give him strength and boldness to preach and proclaim the great truths from your great word. And, Lord, we want to tell you we love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name we pray and ask all things. Amen. Amen. If you would and are able, please stand, and we'll sing our next song. In Christ alone, John fourteen six tells us, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, them's the words of Jesus, but by me. In Christ alone, he's the only way. In Christ alone is the name of our song. Amen. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and
All right, Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17 this morning. Boy, what a day, amen. Lord is good, He's worthy of praise, and I cannot wait. There's coming a great day where you and I, as wonderful as worship just took place was, it's going to get gooder and gooder. One day I'm going to worship the Lord with a perfect and a clean heart that I've never been able to worship Him like. One day I'll be able to raise glorified hands and a glorified body and see my Savior face to face. The one whose hands were outstretched pierced for me. The one whose feet were pierced. The one whose side was pierced. The one whose brow was crushed by a crown of thorns. One day, He's going to be wearing that crown forever and forever. And you and I can cast ours, all that He gives to us, back at His feet because He is worthy forever and forever. Luke 17, we're going to look at verses 11-19 to today. The Lord has dragged me to this passage I don't know why, but he has. So here we are. I've got a sticky note. We're gonna we're gonna roll. We're gonna see what happens. But and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. They lifted up their voices and said, "Jesus, Master, have mercy on us." When he saw them, he said unto them. Go show yourselves unto the priests. It came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Lord God, we come to you this day. And God, we just want to thank you that we could worship you. Lord, who are we that you would be mindful of us? Who are we but dust, but worms, that we could praise you, and that we could be in your presence because of Christ and what he's done for us? God, this morning I pray, Lord, that You would preach Your Word. Lord, I have no strength to do it. I've got nothing that I can say that can impact hearts or lives. But God, I can do much damage with my tongue and my flesh. I pray, God, that You would get me out of the way. Lord, that the cross would be lifted up, that Christ would be lifted up today. Lord, I pray for every heart in this place. I thank You for the tenderness of this. Lord, just the fact that You're here. God, that You're here. Lord, that's enough and it ought to be enough. And I pray that today that we would receive all that we need today. God, if we need conviction, convict us, Lord, with such power, with such authority from Your Word and Your Spirit. God, that we'd be broken so that You might build us up once more. God, that we like these lepers would cry out for Your mercy, Lord, because how desperate in need of mercy we are today. God, I pray that You would help me, Lord. God, my heart, my mind, my tongue. And Lord, that today that You would rid us of all distractions, rid us of all worries. Lord God, that You would bind anything and anyone that would, would hinder the Spirit. And God, that the Spirit would... Lord, Your Holy Spirit, God, would touch hearts today. Lord, draw us to Christ. In Jesus' name, Amen. Today it is tempting to look at this passage and just to focus on the fact that there was one that came back and was grateful and thankful. And we're going to get into that here in a little while, trust me. But I want us to understand that the focus of this passage is the focus of the whole Bible. And that is Jesus Christ. The eternal 
God-man who put on flesh as we're getting ready to celebrate for a month of Christmas. And we're going to celebrate that thing for a month. That Christ, the King of glory, the Ancient of days, would put on flesh, would humble Himself, and would even die the death of a, of a murderer, of a rebel. He would die the death of which you deserved. He died a, on a cruel cross that the King of glory, the Prince of Peace, would bring about peace through His very death and blood for you. Shed freely so that all who would come to Him by faith, who all would come to Him, would cry out for mercy, would receive mercy. And I will tell you this before we get any further. There is not one soul that has ever cried for mercy that, for to God that has not received it. Not one soul that comes to Christ and says, have mercy upon me, Jesus, Master. There's not one soul that does that, God, that He will say, no mercy for you. I would tell you today, right where you are, no matter where you're at, no matter what you've dealt with, no matter how bad your sin, no matter how black and dark your life might be, today, if you would cry for mercy, there is more than enough to cleanse you. There is more than enough mercy. His mercy is everlasting. It is eternal. It comes from Him. It is very much not just something that He gives, but He Himself is mercy. He Himself is merciful. Today, the focus is going to be that you and I must find ourselves at His feet. You will find mercy nowhere else. You will not find mercy in the church. Matter of fact, you'll oftentimes find the opposite. You'll not find mercy in government. You'll not find it in help. You'll not find it in anything that this world can offer. You can go high and low and far and wide and you will not find much mercy in this world, but the one place that you can find it is there at the feet of Jesus. Today, if you are in need, and I'm certain that you are because I know that I am, I'm no different than you. Today, we must find ourselves at His feet. This past Tuesday night, we celebrated and we had not a big crowd, but we had enough. And the Lord met with us and we were to share testimony of God's goodness and faithfulness. And if you weren't here, you missed out. <laughs> Join us next time. But I tell you this, Thursday came or whenever came and you met with family or friends or you did whatever you did to celebrate Thanksgiving and you took a little bit of time to say that you were thankful and, and maybe you did that little thing where you go on the table before you chow down on a turkey leg and, and, and throw down some mashed potatoes down your gullet and you say, I'm thankful for family, I'm thankful for food, I'm thankful for health, I'm thankful for this. That's wonderful, but guess what? Then Friday came. Saturday came, and now here is today. And you and I have a choice to either stay in a place of gratefulness and thankfulness. And I can tell you this, the only way that you'll do so is if you stay near to Jesus. The further you are from Him, the more unthankful we'll be, the more ungrateful we'll be. The harder our life will be. All that we need in this Christian life, all that you need today is going to be found if you surrender and you find yourself at Jesus' feet. You will find healing. I believe physically as well, by the way. I'm no mystic and I'm no charismatic by any means, trust me. But I believe firmly that the closer you are to Christ, the closer you are to healing. Nevertheless as well, the closer you are to Christ, the closer you are to receiving mercy for spiritual strength, spiritual endurance, for spiritual growth and focus and being rooted and grounded in the Word of God. Today we're going to see four things if we get to it. Y'all know how that went last week. Verse 11, we're going to see the hour. The hour that is at hand. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem. Who's he? That's Christ. As he went to Jerusalem, what's there at Jerusalem? Well, that's where the temple is. That's where the Sanhedrin are. That's where the Passover is getting ready to take place. That is where Jesus is going to slowly make this treacherous journey up a hill called Calvary. He will have already been bloodied. He will have already sweat great drops of blood and deep agony in the garden of Gethsemane, the place of pressing. He will make that long, winding road down the Via della Rosa. He will make His way up to Calvary and He will not be pushed down upon the cross, but rather He will be the only one in human history to lay down upon it. He will gladly lay down His life for your sins and mine. I can tell you what He's doing as He's going to Jerusalem. He is knowing His destiny and His fate, but He does not only see the agony of that cruel cross of where He will die for you. Jesus died for you. Do you know that today? Yes. 
But he sees the empty tomb already. He sees the glory that is there as he will ascend to his Father and be seated at the right hand. He sees the ascension already. He sees the church age already. He sees the rapture of his church already. He sees the new heavens and the new earth. He sees the kingdom. He sees that one day death itself, hell itself, the devil himself will be cast into a lake of fire. He sees it all. He knows. But there is a cross in the way of that. And he knows that he will go and he will willingly do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father was to crush the Son for you. Jesus died so you didn't have to. And Jesus rose so that you can rise. That is what we're talking about as it came to pass he went to Jerusalem. Turn back with me in Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 51. Once you to notice the focus of Christ here. Do not think that He was shocked or surprised by the cross. I want you to know it was a part of an eternal plan to save you, to redeem you. I want you to know that God loved you even before He said, let there be light. That God knew you in Christ Jesus long before the world was formed and fashioned by the Word of His mouth and power. This cross was that the focus of all of human history. Luke chapter 9, verse 51. And it came to pass. Luke uses this a lot. When the time was come that he should be received up, what does that mean? It means to be received up to his father. He's not going to be received up to his father until he lays down his life. That's the will of the father. He must be lifted up as well then upon that cross, but he will go much higher than that. There is the day that he would ascend and his disciples would watch as he ascends the clouds and, and the angels would say, you men of Galilee, why stand ye uh, looking up here, gazing, amazed at this? The same Jesus will return in like manner. Christ has died, He has risen, He has ascended, and He's coming again. He says He steadfastly set His face to go to Jerusalem. Isaiah describes it. He sent His face like a flint. There is nothing that will keep Christ from that cross. There is nothing and no one, though all the world will attempt it, there is nothing that will keep Jesus and His love for you to die for you. There is nothing that will keep that from happening. His face is set. Now, some of y'all are hard-headed. Like me. Amen? I can tell you this, it's not a good trait. But here for Christ, this is not hard-headedness. This is not stubbornness. This is absolute surrender to the will of the Father, to the work of the Spirit, to the fact that there is a greater need. He doesn't have to die. He could live. He could stay in heaven. He could be ascended up or snatched away by thousands of, of angels and lifted back up and not have to die a death. Jesus doesn't have to die for you. He could allow you to go to the place of which you and I deserve. And that's a real and literal hell. But Christ has set His face to the cross. As everything else comes in His ministry, you know what's, you know what's looking ahead? The cross. He sent messengers before His face and they sent and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for Him. And they did not receive Him because His face was as though He would go to Jerusalem. Now this is interesting. Here in Luke chapter 9, we find that the Samaritans did not care for those who were going up to Jerusalem. If you remember the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well, what we remember is this, that the Samaritans and the Jewish people, there was a difference. The Samaritans were viewed as half-breeds because to some essence they were physically, uh, according to their descendancy. Nevertheless, they believed that you should worship in one mountain and the Jews held to Jerusalem. They believed uh, much similar things, but yet had many things where they even got to the point where they hated one another. The Jewish people could not stand the Samaritans and the Samaritans couldn't stand the Jewish people. As a matter of fact, during this time, there were people who had passed through this area who were headed to Jerusalem, and the Samaritans would hinder them and keep them from doing so, even at times murdering them to keep them from going to that place. Such hatred and vileness. It says, And when his disciples James and John saw this, these men are called the sons of thunder, by the way, they said, Lord, what they'll have, we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elias did. Boy, what spiritual men we've got here. Lord, they won't accept you. L Lord, let us call some fire down. We're going to have us a barbecue. Huh. 
Look what Jesus says. He turned and rebuked them. He says, Ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. That's a scary place. They think they have the right motives, the right intentions, but they don't. James and John sounds like an awful lot of church people today. Lord, just call fire down. Lord, why don't you just do it this way? I can tell you why. Because he says that he's meek and lowly at heart. That he's gracious and merciful. For the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Amen? When they went to another village. As we go back over to Luke 17, we find that the hour was coming that Christ would die for the sins of men. The hour was coming that He would die, resurrect, and would offer eternal life. That the veil would literally be torn. That now the way to the Father was now through Christ and Christ alone. But this is also an appointed hour for these lepers. I want you to know that every moment of your life, the Lord is perfectly knowing about. He knows it. There's nothing that has ever surprised God. There's nothing that has ever occurred to God. God has never learned a single thing. God knows all. He is eternal. He is ever-present. There is not a single thing in your life that He does not not only know about, but either ordain or allow. Some of you, that makes you feel awful and comfortable and it ought to be the most comforting thing in this world. To know that God knows your very heartache. He knows your motivation. He knows your works. He knows as your rises. He knows as your falls. He knows all the things in your life and He is always using those things in your life to draw you to Himself. Even in the midst of such suffering, trials, sickness, and even death, God is using it. And to think that God is not using trials that you're facing in your life is to deny who God is. Be very careful with how you view the Lord. Now, With this, I want us to see here that He passes through because He's got a specific thing that He wants to do and He wants to heal these lepers. He passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. He doesn't necessarily have to, but He is. In verses 12 and 14, we're going to find the healing that takes place. He entered into a certain village. And as you remember in chapter 9, the Samaritans don't necessarily care so much about the Jews who are passing through. Nevertheless, what we find is that Jesus is going anyways. Why? Because His face is set like a flint for that cross. His face is toward Jerusalem. His heart is for the cross. His heart is for you. Look at this. There met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Leprosy is a terrible thing. It is a terrible disease. It is a disease of which affects uh, the inside and the outside. Oftentimes there are uh, growths and wart-looking things and wounds and things that... It's just a nasty disease. And we still have it, by the way. If you Google leprosy, right? You can Google that and you can see what it looks like. It's nasty. But it also says it's very rare. Less than 20,000 people in the U.S. get it every year. So your odds ain't zero, I'm just saying. <laughs> well, if they got a vaccine for that or not, but uh, sign me up. I don't want the leprosy. I don't want my nose falling off or nothing. Leprosy was a big deal. It made you unclean, according to Jewish law. It made you become an outcast. You were literally an outcast. You weren't just like, oh, they, they smell funny or they look funny. No. It was that you cannot even be near other people. The only people you can be near are people that are sick like you. People with the same disease, the same illness. That's it. Lepers can only be with lepers. They would gather in colonies. And at that point, it didn't matter if they were Jewish, Samaritan, whatever they might be, because you're sick and dying, I'm sick and dying, you may as well stick it out together. It is a sad life to live as a leper. And we find that leprosy was always viewed as a judgment. Oftentimes, we see that in the Old Testament. It was viewed and taken very seriously. They stood afar off because legally they had to, but as well, physically they had to because they could contaminate it in their minds. They could make someone else sick and make someone else have it and all these things. But here's what the Old Testament law described for them. Leviticus 13, verse uh, 44 says, He is a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean. His plague is on his head. And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip and shall cry, Unclean! Unclean! All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone. Without the camp shall his habitation be. Does that sound good? Not so much. You are pronounced unclean by the law. 
you are sent away as an outcast. You cannot be in the camp in the Old Testament. Meaning, as they're traveling through the wilderness, you can't be with us. You can imagine all the Hebrew people traveling to the promised land, and they're all gathered together. They're carrying the tabernacle into their pieces. They're moving as the, as the cloud by day and the fire by night is leading them. Way back in the back are those who are unclean. What a tragedy this would be. Numbers also talks about this. Numbers chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp every leper. Not just a few, or the ones you don't like, or the ones that are really bad off. Every leper. You know what that means? Every leper. Everyone that's got leprosy, gone. Go away. He says, And everyone that hath an issue, and whosoever is defiled by the dead. This is rough. To be unclean not only means that you can't be around people, but you can't come to the tabernacle, you can't come to the temple, you can't be with your family, you can't be with your friends. You are left alone to die alone unless you happen to be with some other lepers. They stand afar off. More than likely, according to there in Leviticus that we read, even crying, unclean, 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 unclean. Jesus would have heard this. His disciples would have heard this. And here's what happens. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. I will tell you that there is no other way to receive mercy unless you cry out for mercy. Some of you, the reason why your life is in the shape that it is in is because you have yet to humble yourself and ask God for mercy. The reason why many of us are spiritually lethargic and apathetic and uncaring and cold and not growing is because we have yet to get to the place of surrender where we ask God, Lord, be merciful. You might have cried out to God for mercy and He might have saved you, but you have yet to cry out for mercy for God to heal you, for God to sanctify you, for God to cleanse your heart and your mind, for God to rid you of sin, for God to give you the the victory, for God to give you uh, the absolute strength that only He can give to conquer sin, to, to live the Christian life. I can tell you today, you'll find all that you need if you would simply cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. This idea of Jesus, the very name itself of Jesus means that of Savior. Lord, save! Jesus, Master, have mercy! I don't believe that these lepers are just looking for a coin. I don't believe they're just looking for some bread. They're looking for healing. Certainly the name of Jesus has traveled far and wide. There were plenty of other people named Jesus, but there was only Jesus. Only one Jesus, Master. Only one Jesus, Christ. Only one Jesus, Lord. Only one Jesus who is God in the flesh. And here they see Him from afar off. And I can tell you this, though you might be afar off, one cry of mercy, it draws you right there. That's what salvation looks like. That's what salvation is. But here's the healing. The cry for mercy must come, but then it says, and when He saw them... I can tell you this, in eternity past, He saw them too. He didn't just see them there with His physical eyes. He saw them. You know that same Jesus, that same God that we serve and love allowed them to get it? That's right. Jesus even said to His disciples much in the same. He said, for your sakes, I'm glad Lazarus died. I'm glad he's been dead four days and I'm glad he stinks and I'm glad he's in the grave so that the Father might be glorified that you might see that you might believe. God has ordained this. Here's what happens with the lepers. I want to pause here for a moment. There was a time that he healed a leper before. Luke chapter 5. Turn back real quick. Y'all still with me? All right, praise the Lord. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verse number 12 down through 16, tells us of another time that Jesus ran to some lepers. Now, if you remember, they have to cry unclean, unclean. They have to stand afar off. You can't come near him. In your sin and in my sin, we cannot get close to God. In your sin and in my sin, God has to come to us. Look at this. And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus, notice this, and we're going to find this one more time, fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Jesus is the only one that can make you clean. 
Jesus is the only one that can make you whole. Jesus is the only one that can help your hurt. Jesus is the only one that can take the pain that you've got. Jesus is the only one that can give you strength. But you've got the choice, dear friend, to either come to Him and ask for mercy and come to His feet and besought Him and lay down there. Oh, it'll humble you. But it'll also heal you. Look at this. Jesus, it says, and He put forth His hand and touched Him. Ceremonially, that would make Jesus unclean. He touches Christ. Christ touches Him. They, they meet. God and man meet. God, the God-man in the flesh, touches a man that He created. Touches a man who is untouchable. Touches a man who no other man would touch. Not a priest would touch him because then they'd be unclean. Not another soul would come near him because he had to cry, unclean, unclean. And the very Holy One of God who is pure and perfect and righteous has never known sin nor would ever sin but would then become sin touches this man. It's unthinkable. He says that he touched him. Jesus said, I will be thou clean. One touch is all it takes. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. And he charged him, tell no man. But go and show thyself to the priest. Why? So that legally and according to the law, that man could go on and live his life again. You want to talk about a new lease on life? You want to talk about life after death? There it is. He says, and offer for thyself cleansing and according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him. You know why? Because no priest ever touched a man who was unclean. No one was ever willing to go there and make themselves unclean. God the Holy One came to this unclean world and touched unclean people to make them whole. That's your salvation and that's mine. I can tell you this. He touched more than the sinful leper. He touched more than the sinful blind man when he touched his eyes. He touched every sin that you've ever committed and every sin I've ever committed on that cross. But so much the more there went a fame abroad him. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed that we do the same. How we think that we can receive healing without prayer. How we, receive, how we think that we can receive power without prayer. How we think that we can live the Christian life without prayer. Christ, even after all this healing, after all this ministry that He'd done, He withdraws Himself to get alone with the Father because there's no better place to be than at the feet of God. And we're now going to find in Luke 17, there's no better place to be than at the feet of God. Verse 14, When He saw them, He said unto them, Go show yourselves in the priests as He had done before. But notice this time, it doesn't say that He touched them. Why wouldn't Jesus touch him? Doesn't he have to touch him to heal him? Oh no. He spoke the world into existence. But he scooped up dirt and formed man. He doesn't have to touch this man or these ten lepers to heal them. He doesn't have to go one, two, three, like some sort of duck, duck, goose of healing. No. He speaks. The focus here is not on the fact that these men are going to obey and be cleansed. The focus of this passage is the power of God. The focus of this passage is that with the very Word of God, there is power, there is cleansing, there is healing, there is salvation. But notice this, you will not ever receive one of those unless you obey by faith. God willingly offers all those things to you today. God would make you whole. He will what he would desire but you won't receive that unless you come to him freely by faith it says and, and it came to pass he didn't touch them he simply spoke and said go show yourselves to the priests he ain't done nothing except go he said go now there's a choice here isn't it i can tell you those lepers won't be made whole unless they go now you don't go show yourself to the priest unless all of your wounds are gone already and they're probably looking at themselves going uh well we're kind of missing something here 
But all right, you said go show ourselves. We'll go show ourselves. And the moment, the moment they step, the moment they begin to head off to go see those priests to be declared clean when they were unclean, there's healing. What a mighty God we serve. But notice this. Only one of them was humble. All of them were willing to obey God so that they could be made whole physically. And there's plenty of people in a church pew and probably many of you even today who love God for the things He gives to you but have yet to find yourself at His feet. There are some of you who found yourself at His feet at salvation but you have yet to find yourself back there again. There are many of you today who humbled yourself enough to get saved because you wanted to be saved. You didn't want to die and go to hell and praise the Lord. That's just enough for salvation right there. But there's many of you who are left unsanctified. There's many of you who are left unhealed. There are many of you who are left discouraged and without joy, without peace, without comfort, without assurance in your life. And the very reason is because you've gone the way of the nine lepers. Well, thank you, Lord, I'm not going to hell. Let me go do my own thing now. I just want to make sure I can go live my life. Because you know, for those nine lepers, they got to go live their life after this. They would present themselves to the, to the priest, and the priest would say, well, hot dog, you look good. Get on back out there. And they can go back to work. They can go see their families. They can have a Thanksgiving dinner. I don't know if they ate turkey or not, but they could go. They could live life. But they remain unthankful. And there are countless, well-meaning, saved folks who are like this. Look at this humble man. He of all the people who's a Samaritan who's not supposed to come near a Jew, who was unclean, who hated Jewish people, who hated the ways of this, he's going to find himself at the only place that matters. Those nine went to a priest. He finds himself at our great high priest, at his feet. And I will tell you that Christ is the greater priest. He's the greater prophet. He's the greater king because there's no king like Jesus, no prophet like Jesus. There's no priest like Jesus because only Jesus, the priest, can be the priest and the sacrifice. Only Jesus can be the scapegoat and the Lamb of God slain to take away the sins of the world. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, i tell you this, the rest of them saw it too. But his response is different and your response today you got one or two choices. He looks down and he sees that he's healed. It's the first time that he's seen his body without sores. The first time he's realized, oh, I don't have to be alone. I can see my family. I can go to work. I can come back to society. I've got life again. Praise the Lord. And here's what he does. He turned back. Instead of going with the nine to go be told that he's healed and that he's well and that he's clean and he can come back in, he turns back to the one who healed him. I would tell you today, all that you need is to turn back to the one who healed you. Today, the greatest need for any of us today, myself included, and probably, I don't know, maybe even worse than you, the greatest thing that I can do the most important thing in my life, the most important thing in your life is that we would turn back to the one who made you whole. He fell down on his face at his feet. This man has yet to be able to touch anybody in who knows how long. The first thing this man gets to touch is the feet of Jesus. First thing that this man wants to touch we don't know if he had wife or kids or mom or dad. He doesn't want to go and, and touch the priest because the priest didn't never do nothing for him. He wants to touch these feet. These feet that according to earlier in this passage are heading to Jerusalem to be pierced. These same feet that are going to stoop down and wash the feet of His disciples as a suffering servant. These feet that will carry the weight of sin. That's where he finds himself. That's gratitude. That's faith. That's saving faith. Notice the hope here, and we'll be done. Got about three more hours. 
Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Today, I can tell you this. You might be one of those nine. Odds are you are. Odds are the one that you've gotten what you need from Jesus and you just rolling about your life. The reason why you can go back and live your life is because Jesus said you could, not because a priest said you could. Here what we find is this man had humble, real faith that saw Jesus for who He really was. Remember, all ten lepers in verse 13 lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And all of them received mercy and were made whole physically. Only one spiritually. He says, there are not found that return to give glory to God. Save this stranger. The one who's not supposed to. The most unlikely to turn to this Jewish man and lay down at this Jewish man's feet and worship Him and glorify Him and praise God. That's the one that does it. Let me ask you, when's the last time you found yourself at Jesus' feet? When's the last time that you found yourself turning back from the world, turning back from the priest, turning back from the religion, turning back from the works, and just got on your face before God? When was the last time that being at Jesus' feet was enough? You see, you and I like His hands better. His hands give. His hands do all these things for us. They can heal. We, we love the way His words come from His mouth that speak healing to us. But there's something that's just as great, and that's His feet. Where we are humbly prostrate and praising Him. And the hope that comes from this is Jesus says then in verse 19, Arise. That means this. Get up. Get up. Go thy way. Go live your life. Notice He doesn't even tell him then, hey, you ought to go see the priest now. You didn't have to tell him that. He's been at the feet of the, the greatest priest that there ever has been. The Bible talks about this in Jesus' day that most of the other priests were crooks, were cons. They were whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones. They cleaned the outside of the cup, but not the inside. There's no point in going back to religion. There's only one place to go, and that's going to the feet of Jesus. Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Notice that it's not just this faith that he was sincere and thought, you know, maybe I can be whole today. Maybe today day I can just get up and my swords will be gone. The object of faith matters. The object of faith is where this man found himself. At the feet of Jesus. At His feet, we find all that we need. At His feet, we find mercy. At His feet, we don't just find a physical healing where we can go back to the camp. We find that we can be made whole. The Greek phrase, made whole, it literally in its most basic sense says, saved. Faith saved you. You are only saved not of works, not of going to the priest, not of being baptized, not of joining a church. You are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. Outside of that, there is no salvation. Today, the grace of God, the mercy of God is being offered to you. Today, the only way that you'll receive it is by faith. Not in your works, not trusting in church, not trusting in you being here, not trusting in a baptistry or, or church membership, but trusting in those feet and that body and that work of Christ Jesus, that He bled and died for you, that He rose again, that alone is salvation. Have you trusted Him today? Have you been made whole? Today, as we bring this to a close, we're going to stand and we're going to sing a hymn here in just a second. Brother Jail is going to come and, and Miss Joanne's going to come. And we're going to stand to our feet and we're going to sing a hymn. As we do this, altar's open. First of all, if you've never come to Christ, don't let a single thing keep you from making that first step. As we saw, in, even in the story, one step of obedience. They were made whole, but I can tell you this today. One step of obedience and putting your faith in Jesus, 
you will receive all the mercy that you need to save your soul, to save you to the uttermost, and to hold you in His hand forever and forever. We are saved by His mercy. We are kept by His mercy. And one day, we'll get to see Him. Mercy itself. Today, maybe you have been saved. Maybe you've been saved for a while. Maybe God saved you from a rough life. Maybe He saved you from what may as well have been leprosy. You were an outcast. You were forgotten. You were lonely. You were in the world. You were full of sin. You were full of sores spiritually. And God saved you. That praise the Lord for it. But maybe you've grown cold. Maybe you've grown hard-headed and uncaring. Maybe you've grown self-dependent and self-serving. I can tell you what you've become if that's you. You've become idolatrous. You've forgotten the One who has saved you. Turn back to Him. And with a loud voice, will you glorify God? Will you fall down upon your face at His feet and give Him thanks? Will you be one of the nine? Or will you be the one? Let's all stand this morning. Brother Jail's going to come. We're going to sing. This altar is open for you. Hymn number 482. Jesus is calling. Hymn number 482. <clears throat> Jesus is tenderly calling you home, calling today, calling today. Why from the sunshine of love will you roam, Father and Father away?